0: I could stay here forever.
1: Carvana, where car buying meets comfort, meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. All right, we're back and I'm excited because I get to have some hometown love today. I am sitting here with Miss Megan Hack. Hello. I guess Mrs. Whatever. <laughs> so your Instagram handle is Bopo
0: Mama, right? It's yes. Bopo. It's underscore Bopo underscore mama. Underscore. Oh God! It's yeah. whenever people it's take the yeah. It's because people take the
1: name so quickly. We don't have yeah. anything to go off of. <laughs> Somebody actually made an Instagram handle, Birds Papaya, like without the the, and then made it like Sarah Nicole, and I was like, No! Like, how is that? <laughs> You're not allowed to just do that. Anyways, so Megan and I are both from Guelph and she has been somebody that I followed for years. I think just honestly, because we were in the same town and I saw your photos with Julia Posada, who is a, almost like an activist photographer who did this really cool campaign that went viral a couple of years ago called the mannequin series, where she had different models of all different body types hold up a standard mannequin to show kind of the reality differences between mannequins in real life. So that's kind of where I found Meg. And since then, she has shown up for me in ways that I don't think she even realized. I shared a little bit with her already, but... Essentially, when I was in the process of having to regain weight and stop dieting and going through that discomfort and a lot of that fat phobia and fears, I realized that when she was showing up in my feed, I was feeling peace. I was feeling like it was going to be okay. And that if this woman who existed so proudly in her fat body, then I could be okay with gaining weight and owning whatever it was going to look like and whatever my body was going to look like and that we could truly have celebratory feelings towards our bodies no matter what the stigmas are around them and no matter, you know, some of the shame that kind of comes with it. And I've seen this woman and watched her journey through a lot of that over the last couple of years and still years down the road, unapologetically shows up as herself. So Megan, tell us your story. How the hell did you get into this? (laughs) Sharing your hot bot online and doing all the things.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Well, it's a huge story. No, take, honestly, take your time because it's gonna, (laughs) take your time with it and like do it justice. But I think most people at the end of this, I hope what happens is that people will follow you and start to understand the depths of, you know, what it is to be you. and, And a lot of those conversations that can come out of that.
0: So share your story, take your time. Okay, well, originally I come from Winnipeg, Manitoba. And in my teenage years and even before that, I always existed in a bigger body. So I've Mm -hmm. never known what it's like to be thin. Mm. So I dealt with a lot of bullying from kindergarten on, never really had a lot of friends, got into my teenage years and was bullied so badly that I ended up having to basically remove myself from high school. So I dropped out. I ended up falling into a deep depression and anxiety and then basically dealt with my mental illness for years and years. But I remember like being a teen and being in this like June, July, August when the weather is really warm, being in hoodies and jeans yeah. and like covering myself up because yeah. I didn't want people to see my big arms and my big legs and yeah. my belly and Stuff Heck, like I did that. And I was like a size 14.
1: And I used to tell everybody I had a bad sunburn on my shoulder one summer. And after that, I would be like, well, I have to wear a t-shirt because my skin can't show like to the sun. But the reality
0: was, I was just really ashamed of my body. Yeah. I think a lot of us A lot of have people, done any body size, I think, yeah. you know, you cover up because you're ashamed of yeah. whatever. And it's sad. And like, I think after living the way I lived, suppressed and having to cover up I wanted to basically flip a huge middle finger. Mm-hmm. And honest to God, it was when I moved to Ontario and I started going to a plus size community club in Toronto. So no it was way. all plus size women <gasps> or That's fat cool. women, whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah. I love the word fat and men who like them. Yeah. So I gained so much of my confidence going to these clubs. I um, didn't even know these existed. <laughs> yes, and they still go on. <gasps> we even have a BBW bash in Niagara Falls. Oh my Falls.
1: gosh. Oh yeah.
0: So I met Julia yeah. Mm-hmm. She came waltzing out and she introduced herself to me and she said, I would love for you to pose for me. And I was like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Like, I don't think I can do this. So she took me to the Arboretum in Guelph. Yep. And I remember I was shaking like a leaf and she was like, Get naked. <laughs> and I was this like, This wasn't that long ago then. This was probably, I would say nine years ago. Oh, ten that years is. Okay. Ago. So I'm like, because
1: maybe I'm thinking of different photos. I'm like, I've seen yeah, these. Long, no, not long those time ones. Ago.
0: So she had me on a dock, I okay. remember, and she was like, jump. And I was like, oh my God, I don't want to jump because if I jump, it's going to be my rolls yeah. and like moving and my everything. whole everything <laughs> moving with me in that jump. Right. <laughs> And I remember her showing me that picture after of how my body moved. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Usually people look at that and they're embarrassed. But I was like, my body is beautiful. Even when it's moving in a jump or whatever, like my body is beautiful. Oh, I love that. So I kept posing for her. Yeah. And I kept doing it like naked Mm -hmm. and nobody understood why I wanted to pose naked and for me, it just, it gives me that freedom to be like, F you. Yeah. I don't care if you don't like what you see. This is me. This is who I am. This is the skin I'm in. And I love my body and I am proud of my body. And basically that is my story. Like I went from hating myself to loving myself. Through the
1: process of like sharing your body and taking pictures and honoring it. I I think it's so funny, like. A lot of people will say like, what What are like a good thing that you can do to like start to love your body? And I think because photos for us were often so triggering to feeling crappy. Like when I used to tell my weight loss story, I would literally tell people, and this was the truth. I saw a bad photo of myself online and I was so ashamed that I decided to lose weight. Like that was one of the factors of it. But somewhere along the lines, when I was learning to like love my body, it was taking back the charge of it, of like taking photos of myself in ways that I'd never done before in like those naked raw moments and allowing it to feel beautiful. And then when I would look at them afterwards, I'd be like, oh my gosh, like it is even like pictures of stretch marks or cellulite, like suddenly they become so amazing and so attractive. And it's amazing what happens in your mind when you start to look at your body in a different way and almost like appreciating it for all it's been and not all the things that you were told it was not for so so long. Yeah. But you were I guess basically in the body positive movement before it was ever body positive. How has it been watching this rise and watching not only fat women be liberated by women in in their healing processes of eating disorders and even like thin women now sharing the hang ups that we didn't even realize they were having as well. And I know that frustrates a lot of people, but to equalize the conversations, yes, there is a lot of privilege that happens for those in thin bodies. But it's all relative when it comes to pain and discomfort, when it comes to our own skin. And we're all kind of under the same hood of that oppression and what that looks like and feels like. But I would love to hear like how it's been for you, like frustrating or not going through the process of watching, like being part of it, and then watching it kind of explode mainstream.
0: I think for me, like I appreciate it. I love it. And there's a lot of people in the body positive community who... I guess feel like it was made only for fat women, body positivity. Mm, yeah. Like there's the girl who runs I Weigh. Yeah, Jamila. Yeah, love her. Who makes a video saying basically that the body positive community is for fat women. And I agree yeah. to that extent, but I think body positivity should be for anybody. Yeah. Whether you're disabled, whether you're fat, whether you're thin. Yeah doesn't matter. To me, body positivity comes in all shapes and sizes. And I think, you know, as much as I love that it's blown up and as much as I love that people are loving their bodies, it's brought out so much more hate. Mm, And it's it's devastating to see some of these people that just can't understand that women and men love their body, regardless of what it looks like, that they have to hate on them for it. And, you know, like another girl who I love, which is Tess Holiday. Yeah. She was Tess Monster when I used to follow her back. Whoa, in I day. don't even remember this that. This was before she got into her modeling. She basically helped me start loving myself. Really? Because seeing her, like, even though we have different body shapes, mm-hmm. seeing her be able to now walk the runway. Mm, or be in magazines or stuff like that. To me, that was amazing. And I love that. But like I said, the hatred that's come from it drives me nuts. I think a lot of people use the body positive movement to gain followers or make money off of it because it's easy to do. Yep. And I think that's one thing that angers me because It's something that's so precious to me. It's something that helps so many people out there, like men, women, little kids, whatever, you know, like they talk about how kids at three are even grabbing their skin and saying, mommy, I'm too fat or whatever. They are. And this, it needs to stop. But as far as I'm concerned, the body positive movement blowing up is fantastic to me as long as it's used in the proper way.
1: I agree. And I think that there's a lot of like people who have jumped on the bandwagon. Like I, there's a lot of like, let's even take like Victoria's Secret, for instance. Like they are now switching things up and they're making these efforts. But I'm like, but you never felt that way before. At the same time, I'm like, am I still thankful that there's change happening? Like, yes. And there are people who are definitely contriving this message to try and be included into it. And it's not to say like, please sit down and shut up, but it can come with some of those feelings. Right. And I can completely, completely align there. And it's, I think the weirdest thing for me is like, whenever you see the pendulum is swinging, right. Like it's swinging and it will settle. And right now I feel like we're pushing so hard for just like acceptance for all and not just like acceptance, but like more than that, like just respect. Like we don't, Even I get, like, this is what blows me away is that I exist in a medium-sized body. Like, I literally wear a size medium and I get told that I'm promoting obesity. And I'm like, there's a lot wrong with this, that I'm considered promoting obesity. I roll. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> uh, it's so frustrating. But then it makes me so mad that it's like, why are we projecting anybody promoting anything except for loving themselves when they're just showing up and existing. Like women should be allowed to show up and existing without it being like, you're projecting an unhealthy body. You're projecting this, like you're doing this. It's like, or they're existing. Like it has to kind of stop being so difficult to exist Mm -hmm. as a woman. So as the pendulum is swinging and it's getting so kind of like angering, of course there's going to be pushback. Of course there is. It's settling back down to the middle. It will, I believe eventually, but like how often and how bad is the fat shaming out there now? Like, I think people need to understand because they, <laughs> they see it. They see it from what I share. And I mean, that's the tip of an iceberg. Again, I'm a size medium. It's so unfair for me to even categorize myself as somebody who could be fat shamed and yet I am. So yeah. it breaks my heart to know I know how painful that is. And I know how debilitating it can be to a healing process to be shamed for your body. And I don't even know, and I've existed in a fat body before, but not quite the same way. And you've done this like your whole life. Can you share what it kind of has been like? I think what I want people to understand is how serious this is of an issue. It's not just that people are existing in fat bodies and loving themselves. It's they're actually fighting a way worse
0: fight than anybody else in a privileged thin straight body is. I think I can take it back to when I was even a teenager again. Fat shaming with all the bullying that I went through growing up since kindergarten affected me hugely mentally. I used to cut myself on a regular basis Mm -hmm. and be by myself in my own thoughts of self-loathing and hatred. And, you know, I used to have dreams of grabbing my belly and cutting it off with scissors. Oh my gosh. And I used to like just sit there and have these negative thoughts constantly going through my head and believing these things that people were saying about Mm -hmm. me. And I think now that I'm 36 and I'm a mom, Mm -hmm. I handle it differently now. Like to me, it rolls off my back. Sure, it hurts for that second. There's a sting, but I let it roll off my back. But I think what affects me the most is seeing other women having to deal with it where they get messages of like, don't you want to live long enough for your child? Mm. Or you should go and kill yourself because you're taking all the money out of our medical system because of your obese body. Oh my goodness. Or death threats or whatever we get, you know? Even if we want to go out in like a belly top and like show skin or whatever, we get hated on because people are uncomfortable. Yeah, there's a discomfort there, right? And like
1: even online, you've had your images removed even though they're completely adherent to Instagram policies, you've had your images taken down and you don't even know why. No. There is no answer
0: that's why I even messaged you and said it's a war on bodies.
1: It is a war on bodies. And it's a war on bodies in the sense that like, there are some that are still being, like we were just talking earlier about the fact that like, you know, why was her image? So she had an image up where she was standing in, like you were covered completely and you had your nipples like completely blacked out or like whited out. Like there was nothing there. It was just
0: my areolas and I was in like underwear.
1: Yeah. And I mean, we see pictures way more, I'm going to say pornographic than that. And that wasn't even pornographic. Like we see so much more and that's never touched. And so it can be really frustrating. And I was saying to you earlier, like I've never had one of my pictures taken down. Like I've shown up completely naked and I've never had a photo taken down because I'm still, I guess, within that line of it being acceptable. So it's a frustrating thing to see a friend be, you know, taken down by this social media giant. And at the same time, I'm like, is it their technology? Is it people reporting it? Like, where is the discomfort and where does the change need to happen? Like, I don't know, but this is why it's important that women are showing up.
0: I think the change happens in the home to be honest. Mm. How has that happened for you? I feel like it starts with like the mom and the dad when you're raising your kids, right? Like yeah, I want my daughter to grow up and see her mommy naked and see yeah. her body or see her mommy proud of her body, yes, you know, yes. like she touched my belly yesterday and she gave me a cherry on my belly and she said, mommy, your belly's like, your belly moves. And like, yeah, like mommy, mommy loves her belly. That's where I grew you. You know, like. Bowden used to (laughs) tell me I was his favorite toy. He said, people would be like, what's your favorite toy? He's like, mom's
1: tummy. And I'm like, damn it. Like, stop that, Bo.' But he would love it. He loved it. Kids have such a a wonder-like mentality towards life and towards everything. And they have such an appreciation for everything. So it is important that we show up for them because as the new narrative slowly creep into their minds we have an opportunity you're right like to show them at home that like that doesn't have to be the one that we carry with us exactly All right, let's take a pause and I'm so excited to talk about this sponsor because I am actually a huge fan of them. You have seen them on my Instagram feed. You've seen me wearing their swimwear and I am talking about the Saltwater Collective. So let me tell you a little bit about them because they are so freaking cool. The Saltwater Collective is a Toronto-based sustainable swimwear company that offers a line of elevated fabrics designed for women that want to make a conscious decision when purchasing, but they don't want to compromise on style or quality. This brand is on a mission to encourage women to embrace what makes them unique, and they're committed to celebrating women through their swimwear. All of the Saltwater Collective swimwear is made by a team of skilled, independently owned and operated female seamstresses in Toronto. The Saltwater Collective is also female founded and operated and they use their own customers and online followers to create the imagery and visual effects. The fabrics that Saltwater uses, this is so cool, is made from Econyl yarn. Econyl yarn is actually regenerated from pre and post-consumer nylon waste that would otherwise be abandoned in nature or dumped in landfills. Econyl yarn is produced using a unique cutting edge process that then is woven into high quality fabric. When designing new styles, the Saltwater Collective focuses on creating flattering and timeless styles that hug your curves. And I can attest to that. They make my bum look so good. So the Saltwater Collective believes in these sustainable fabrics and believes that they are the way of the future. In a circular economy, waste is not wasted. So why take from the earth when we don't have to? The Saltwater Collective offers a variety of swimwear styles, including one pieces and bikinis with different levels of support and rises to ensure there's something for everyone. I can attest to both because I own both a two piece and a one piece. And usually those are like both a struggle, which says a lot about me in bathing suits. Almost nothing fits perfectly, but I can attest that they are so flattering. They're so curve hugging. And I'm a small chested girl with a big booty. And I love that it kind of works for both. So you can go to the Saltwater Collective right now at the saltwatercollective.com and you can use the code papaya15. That's the and code papaya15. And you're going to get 15% off your purchase of a swimsuit. And back to the show.
0: Hi, I'm Heather McMahon. I'm an actress, comedian, living at home with my mother. On the Absolutely Not podcast, we'll laugh, we'll cry, we'll probably prank phone call our ex-boyfriends because honestly,
1: they were the worst. The thing that makes our podcast different is I get to hear directly from you. You can always pick up the phone and catch us on the Absolutely Not line. Don't forget to subscribe, rate us, and leave a message, but of course, only if it's a nice one. Tune in to the Absolutely Not podcast, and I'll see you soon.
0: and I think too it's what we watch oh, on yeah. television like my daughter loves Peppa the pig I hate Peppa the pig I don't even know because they not my always time. make the dad out to be like I don't know, this disgusting human kind of oh. thing. Cause they're always like, ha ha, daddy has a big belly or ha daddy in his big belly. Oh, and it's like, it's so the, true. you know, like that's where she's going to learn that from. Yes. At two. It's so, so true. So it's like programming them when they're young, right? And yep. then it's like, I find fat people are the comic relief in movies yeah. because we're like the last thing that gets made fun of, that's acceptable, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I've
1: actually, like, I've even had, like, I remember comedian Will Sasso, he lost a lot of weight at one point. And I remember somebody saying, like, he's not as funny now that he's lost weight. And I was like, no, he is just as funny. He just exists in a different size. But, like, it's true. We, you know, we watched, like, Fat Amy on Pitch Perfect. And she talks about the fact that if I call myself fat first, nobody else gets to say it to me. And there's a lot of, like, that, why are we making it that they are, like, The funny off characters. I follow this man on Insta and he is Zachary Melko, I believe it's called. Anyways, he's a plus size male model. I mean, he's hot as fuck. It's ridiculous. (laughs) But he talks about the fact that they don't make leading men enough that Mm. are like existing in a different size body and we don't see it on both sides, right? But like, that's real life. Like, that's reality. Like, sure enough. Those of us in different body types all across the world, different colors, shapes, sizes, gender, we get love. We have sex. Like there is like a lot that happens. Can you talk about how that part has been for you? Like in now you are married, you are obviously in a relationship, you have a daughter, but like, how has it been for you I think this is one of the most common questions people get, like, or that I get. And it's weird for me, cause I'm still like, again, in a thin identifying body, but just like being able to show up in your skin intimately. And I love hearing that you were like part of a club that kind of encouraged that and stuff like that, but that still must've been a bit of a process for you. Was it through the photography that you really got to own your naked form? How has like, if you're comfortable sharing like that process of like relationships and intimacy existing in a fat body, like how has that been for you?
0: Definitely, you know, I started having sex at a young age. I would say like 15. <laughs> I mean, I heard the average is like 13, 14. It's so and I crazy. think, you know, I was I was nervous. At that time I was chubby, so I was okay. Mm. So I guess more so now that I'm a bigger woman. Sex for me was kind of nerve-wracking. Like mm. I would always want to get undressed before the man came in and like be under the covers and yeah. kind of hide myself and have the lights off. And yeah. like, I think I always neglected myself sexually because mm. I was nervous to be naked. Mm. So I would always please the man sexually first yep. and then it would come to me, right? Whereas now that I'm married, my husband has been amazing mm. that way. Mm-hmm. And he has made me feel so comfortable and loves every jiggly bit and yeah. like cellulite bit and everything about me. So I walk in my house naked now, yeah. proudly. Yeah. I don't care. That's we so go to nice. bed and have sex, and I am full out naked, starfished on the bed, ready to go. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh my gosh! It's so it's I I don't know. That's so like it's so freeing. I think that's what I love about you. And I and I know it couldn't have been easy. I know there's like a lot that happened in the process, but like your whole life, people have been trying to like tell you your body's not okay, yeah. and yet here you stand. And you are okay and you're proud of yourself and you have a man that loves you and you have a daughter out of it. It is so incredible to see that. How has it been though? I have so many questions, but like, how has it been in terms of medically? Cause I know one thing that you said, like doctors have been
0: sometimes an issue. Like how has it been for you? huge fat phobics. Huge. And I hate saying that because, you know, they're supposed to be helping us, right? They're supposed to be helping us, you know, and caring about our health. And I think I've stopped going to my doctor Mm -hmm. because I'm scared. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a pituitary gland problem, which I've had all my life. So what is that exactly? So I think that's kind of helped Me to gain weight is my Mm. pituitary gland. So your pituitary gland is in your brain. Okay. It helps with like hormones. Plus I have PCOS. Okay. So all that good stuff. So I have a specialist in Guelph that I go to. I was meeting him the first time and it was about my pituitary gland. That wasn't even brought up in the first 15 minutes. He sat me on his table. He squished my belly with his hands all around and he looked up at me and he said, what do you think about gastric bypass? I think he would be a great candidate. And I literally, no, he didn't even look at anything else. I literally just like dropped within myself. And as much as I'm like confident, I didn't even have the words to say anything to him because I had come there for it's a It's different if you walked in problem. and said, hey,
1: I've been thinking about gastric bypass. Can we talk about my yeah. options and my health around that? It's very different when somebody says, have you considered it? Would yeah. you like to do this? Like yeah. that's a totally different conversation. That's no longer authority over your body going to somebody who has the authority to know what to do about it. Yeah. It's
0: now, can you help me with this? And instead, no, just lose weight. Yeah. And so basically every time I go to the doctor now, it's like, Maybe if you lost some weight, that would get better. Well, no, I'm sorry. Like that's in my brain. Even yeah, if I lost weight, it would not make a difference. I yes. would not be any more healthy because of that. Exactly. And people like to look at me and say, you know, you're unhealthy because you're fat. Yes, I'm an obese woman, fat woman, whatever you want to call me, I am. But I am healthy. Yeah, There is nothing wrong with me other than my PCOS and this pituitary issue. But that doctor diagnosed me saying that I needed to have gastric bypass. Yep. Even asked me if I wanted to pay $100 a day to have like an injection to lose weight. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh. And, And like, you know, it's not just me. I know this happens to a lot, a lot of people out there. Even my friend went to the doctor for her asthma And it wasn't even spoken about. It was her mental health that was brought up and that maybe her mental health would be better if she lost some weight. Maybe her breathing would be better if she lost some weight. Like- To me, that is terrifying that our medical system is like that nowadays.
1: Especially when you went to them with one issue. And like, it's not to say that weight doesn't, like, I understand like for a lot of people, like there is, weight has caused health issues for them. But we can't blanket that one thing across everybody, right? And I've watched- so I follow other people online who exist in fat bodies and they live very, very healthy lives and they are still met with this. And it, And it's unfortunate because we're not even talking about medications. You know, you obviously have like a medical thing that causes a lot of yours. And like, it's just unfair to put you in the same box as anybody else. It's, it's almost like you have like some sort of like a medical disability that has now caused you to be shamed by the medical industry. Like it doesn't yeah. even
0: add up or make sense. They even misdiagnose people. Like I read about one woman who existed in a fat body Mm -hmm. and they misdiagnosed her cancer and she died. Oh my goodness. Because they just assumed it was because of Because of her weight.
1: Oh, this is why I make my kids face away from the scale at the doctor. And I've had to be like, we just switched. We have a new doctor. Um, My original doctor like switched over. And I mean, the new doctor has been great. She's been really respectful about the fact that I said to her, I'm like, we don't do scales in our home. We don't really talk about weight. So like, let's not do that. And she was very good about it. Like she will, like, I was like, we're just going to face the girls away from the scale and like my son as well. And I remember my daughter was like, why didn't you want me to see that? And I was like, because I don't ever want you to be defined by that number. And I actually read something the other week that the BMI, so if we're going to talk about like obesity, this BMI standard, which doesn't even make sense because it doesn't take into account anything else about a person except for their height and their weight, yeah. which doesn't show for muscle mass. If you're even going to go down that like road, like, like it doesn't make sense. But apparently it's been like getting less and less over time. Like they've actually, like, so if it's a scientific measurement, apparently the numbers have actually been getting lower, meaning that like your BMI is getting smaller and smaller and smaller instead of it being like, oh, this is what we discovered. Like I had a friend who went to the gym and she was signing up. And they did the thing that so many gyms do where they measure your fat and they tell you how much like you could lose and like where you are. So just to like give context, she was one year postpartum. She's probably a size six, maybe a size four. And they categorized her as a level three obese based on like, based on these measurements that they did at a gym. And I'm like, and I understand that for a lot of people, if you ask for that or if you're wanting to like target, like there's a lot of people who, you know, are in bodybuilding and there's things that like where they, they do that. It's like their sport and I get it in a way. But I mean, that's an unfortunate thing when people are just labeling health based on a size. When we all know, like, and I had this massive revelation myself recently because this woman that I followed online for years, she was in, whether I admitted it or not out loud, she was my body goal. I wanted her body- so badly. She had four kids. I was like, I want to look like her. She was what I wanted to look like. She's dying. She's going to die in the next like year and a half, unless like a miracle happens. And here I was literally envious of a woman whose body was killing her of cancer. She's full of it. She won't make it likely. Like I don't, I hope that that's something happens and there's a miracle, but I mean, I was jealous of a body that was dying. And it really woke me up to the fact that like, we can't just be envious of a body and we can't just like assume health or not based on somebody's size. No,
0: you and can't. I've,
1: I've had this conversation a million times over about even my own kids and even with my own daughter. Like she, like my oldest does not live a healthy lifestyle. I don't shame her for it. It's her choice to do what she's going to do. But I mean, she literally eats ketchup on a bun and doesn't like exercises. Like you might as well tell her to go play in fire. Like she's just like, no, absolutely not but the doctors, nobody will ever say anything to her because she's thin. And that really makes you wake up. You know, when I was in a bigger body, I was tested for diabetes. I was tested for all these different things. It was always like the run of the gamut and existing from being in a plus size body now being into like a straight size body. I don't get that. And, but it makes you remember what it was like on the other side, but it's been important and what I think is important for people listening as well regardless of if you ever existed in a fat body or not please listen to the stories of those who have because you have no idea how much more they have to go through like even if we we're going to talk about body positivity as a whole like yes it does exist for everybody but we do need to take pause for those who are existing and fighting a much bigger battle where like you're even your own doctor isn't on your side yeah like that's really unfortunate well,
0: even try being like a fat person who's pregnant. Yeah. How was was that? That was crazy because I was deemed, what do they call it? I forget what they call it. It's like high 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 risk. risk. Oh, okay. Immediately. Without ever. There was nothing wrong, but immediately I was high risk. What made it high risk for them? Because I was obese, quote unquote. That was it. That was it. Wow. I never had any kind of diabetes during my pregnancy. I never had anything. I carried her to term. Mm-hmm. Like she was born healthy. Yeah. And I think a lot of doctors, they say that even when I was trying to get pregnant because of my PCOS, it took seven years. Wow. And Ava, my daughter, was a miracle baby because of my PCOS, not because mm-hmm. of my weight. Mm-hmm. And even the doctors and people were shocked that I was pregnant and I was able to carry a baby at the size that I'm at. And it's like, you know what? It doesn't matter that I'm like, I'll just say how much I weigh, 360 pounds. Okay. And I'm carrying a baby. Yeah. Because she was born healthy. Yes. So shocking, isn't it? Yeah. But like,
1: I think what's important and like, One thing you've shared before is you did go on a weight loss journey at one point. Oh, big
0: time. Yeah, I got obsessed with it actually.
1: And how was that for you? Because I I think everyone who has a weight loss story, it's so interesting because it almost always
0: ends up at the same conclusion, but I'd still love to hear yours. I actually ended up going through my doctor and joining a dietitian group. Okay. That was called Healthy You, Healthy Bodies. Okay. And every week we would learn about food and basically like, instead of eating like a whole chip bag, you would pour a bowl of chips so that you weren't just mindlessly eating, okay. right? So okay. you were learning how so to there was eat some but good, be mindful, yeah. right? But the thing that I didn't like about it, but I ended up getting obsessed anyways, was we would weigh ourselves mm. every class. So if we were learning
1: about our existing relationships with food, why do we have to weigh ourselves yeah. every class? Oh, so they then, were so close. Yeah, they so, were so close. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so then it was almost like a competition, to oh. see, because there was 10 other people in the class. So we would <sighs> see how much weight we could lose in a week. So here I am. I download the app, My Fitness Pal. I started oh God, to count that was calories. Oh,
1: and that always tells you to eat like nothing. Yeah.
0: And I started to lower my calorie intake. I cut off my carbs. I joined the gym. I was working out three hours a day at the gym. Basically, that was my life. Mm-hmm. Eating tiny portions throughout the day, counting calories and working out. That was it. I ended up losing 90 pounds. Okay. And I think that was the smallest I'd ever been. And yeah,
1: it was so- Yeah, you, because you've
0: you been big your whole life.
1: Yeah. So it's not like, I think for a lot of people when they go through even a weight gain, it usually comes during one season or like through a medication or something like that. But like, like this is just your body. This has been your whole life. Like, it's not like yeah. you just- It was like, oh, you were, I don't know. I hate using these words around when we talk about things, but people will assume that it's like, oh, you got lazy or, oh, you let yourself go. It's like, no, you've existed in your body for a really long time. And obviously there have been medically contributing factors to the fact that you exist in a fatter body, but that doesn't make you unhealthy either. So I can see where that, so tell me, I don't know. It's also, it's a lot to take in right now, the fact that this all happened. But now you've lost this 90 pounds and you were- like it all back. Yeah, (laughs) this is why 95% of
0: diets fail because they don't deal with- They all fail. It doesn't matter what you're Mm -hmm. doing. If it's a diet, it's going to fail. If it's a lifestyle, great. Totally different. But like- I don't know. I think the one thing that made me so angry was how much support, love, Mm. congratulations, like all this bullshit. And I was like, wow. Congrats, you took up less space. Like, you know, why can't I been just congratulated for existing in the body that I existed before I lost weight? Yeah. And then, you know, it was the before and after shots that I used to take too. Oh, me too. Look at me before, look at me now. And like now I know how damaging yeah. those pictures are and yeah. triggering for other people. Did you end up with an eating disorder, disordered eating from that? No, I would say before that, when I was younger, I did. Okay. I did a lot of binging, okay. I did a lot of purging, yeah. I did a lot of eating for comfort. Yeah. You know, and. I think a lot of girls went through that back yeah. in the day. You it's, know? Under, it's
1: one of the most misdiagnosed and underdiagnosed eating disorders that exists as binge eating. And I think when we talk about a mental illness and we talk about eating disorders, and even when we talk about addictions, I know I talked with Alexis Haynes on a podcast episode before, and she talked about the difference in how they approach addiction. And she was like, the problem is, Everybody approaches it as just stop using the substance. How can we heal you and detox you from the substance and being near the substance and da, 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 da. And she's like, but the problem is actually there's almost Always trauma at the core. So, for a lot of people, when it comes to mental health or when it comes to, you know, binge eating or eating disorders, there's some sort of a trauma or a root cause. And if we're not dealing with that, it doesn't help anybody or anything. So, the worst possible thing, regardless of if you can, I know for a lot of people, it's going to be a mind stretch for them to hear that somebody can exist in an obese body and still be healthy. Let's just like sideline that for a second and just everyone really, truly, understand that if you are layering shame and unworth and disrespect to anybody in their different bodies, you're actually creating more trauma. So if you truly cared about somebody and you feel like they need to like heal from whatever they're going through, the worst thing you can do is body shame them or like shame them for their substance addictions. Like we can't, we have to be supporters regardless of what we even might have an opinion on. It's not our place to say it because it actually like, there was this whole thing that came out with Bill Maher and like his whole, fat shaming thing. And I watched like Dr. I don't know if you follow Dr. Josh Woolrick. No. Oh, he's so great. But he's a doctor that fights for basically a lot of like body health stuff. And like a lot of the fact that like a lot of like really misconceptions and misleading information around like bodies and fat. And so he brought out like this, he's all about like when the world says one thing and social media says this, here's the science, right? So he brought out the science and he was like, when we fat shame people, They're more likely to gain weight. So, when you think that you're solving the problems of the world and of society by fat shaming, you're actually doing opposite of what you thought you might be doing in the first place, which is like, and let's just remember there's still a core person at that, and that's still a human being in that body. And we really need to start looking at people beyond their bodies and their form. We're not walking around, like the medical industry is already failing each other. So, Why are we walking around creating shame in people's bodies when people are just trying to exist and we have no idea what they're existing with? You've had a lifelong journey with trauma and mental health. And a lot of it has stemmed from people truly just judging you for existing. Huge, Like that's so, so upsetting. And it's something that I think that we need to, regardless of what a lot of people feel or where you're at in their journey, there was a lot like when I go and I look back, I've left up all my old posts, but I used to have like my weight loss ones. I would fat shame myself Mm because I was so like ashamed of who I was before. And I was like, oh, thank gosh, I'm free of that. But the reality is, is I had very judgmental thinking. I had fat phobic thoughts and I couldn't believe and adhere to this idea that women could exist in fat bodies and be healthy, be confident, exist, and it not be a problem because I was so in... This other narrative. And so I want to give a lot of grace to people who have been raised in that and understand that. I don't think bullying is ever okay to a body, but I do think that we're still in such a learning curve of understanding. And even in the medical world, like the science hasn't even caught up with the medical community fully to give them the chance. Like, I'm sorry, but regardless, like People in fat bodies deserve healthcare. Yeah. And it does, they deserve to have a conference. Yeah, proper. Like you shouldn't have to walk in and be like, can we not talk about my weight? I would like to talk about the fact that I have a sniffly nose and a cold. Or I have a sore throat. I have a sore throat. Like I have this, I have that. Like it shouldn't be that. And I have other examples of stories, but unfortunately I can't share. But I mean, I've seen it time and time again. And it's really, really unfortunate, especially when a lot of people who are dealing with mental health, weight gain is a huge part of their healing because the medicine that they're on to make them feel alive and feel okay causes weight gain. And if we prioritize, prioritize weight as being the determining factor of health we're not taking consideration to the person at the core of that and how much they need help first like we need to start looking at people and not bodies and not weight right yeah Ugh, i went on a tangent <laughs> um what's next for you oh what's
0: what next do you hope, what
1: do you hope to what do you hope your story does and
0: what do you hope to kind of like I take this with to just educate. Mm. I want to spread love and educate and like have people love themselves yeah. in the bodies that yeah. they exist in. I love that. That would be my perfect world. If everyone could just rock the skin they're in, male, yeah. female, yeah. whatever, just be you yeah. and love you because this world is so hard to live in. It is. In general, and we need more love you know, and like, I don't think we showed enough to each other. And I think these trolls online, (laughs) you know, take a hint, trolls online that, you know, love yourself too harder because you're just projecting what you don't like onto somebody else. And It's it's not right. And it's not fair. It's not right. And
1: it's not fair. And I have to just say a personal thank you to you because like I said, you've been a huge part of my journey. And not only that, I know I must have been like an annoying bitch online for a while and you were a supporter. Like you, you remained a friend even like at a distance the first time we've ever hung out. But like we've been online friends for years and you've been supportive of me through my own like awakening through all of this. And you send me links to pink shoes that I buy and <laughs> you, you've been a damn friend and one that I needed and one that has been truly important, I think, to me and the messages that I've been sharing and, and understanding that like fat's not the worst thing in the world. And no. you can actually be a beautiful, like God, you're hot as hell in those photos. And I think that's <laughs> what, you. I think it scared the hell out of me. When I first, there was one photo where you had one, it was almost like you were having sex with a man in it.
0: <laughs> that was You Simon. know, I know. Isn't I <laughs> yeah, love Simon.
1: But those pictures, it was just like, oh my gosh, like intimacy, confidence, beauty. Oh, yeah. It exists in all different shapes and sizes. And and you were a huge part of that before it was ever a thing. And before we knew who Lizzo was and all of that stuff. So keep doing what you're doing. You have such a grace about you for it. And you've such a grace for people in learning it. And I know that must be hard because it like, there must be so much hardness that could happen in your heart. And instead you've softened it to the world. And I think that's such a beautiful quality that people don't give enough credit to. So thank you. Thank you for all you do. Please go and follow Meg online. She's such an amazing human. Also an incredible makeup artist, which also makes me so happy because body positivity and makeup can exist together. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So go follow her. She is at underscore B O P O underscore M A M A underscore on Instagram. And I will link her in the show notes as well. She's definitely just like a fun, hip mama and just cool as hell. And I hope you get to know her and and celebrate her and all that she is. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at The Papaya Podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories and don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast and we'll see you then.